Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is January 27th. I am your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Things are going good, Rod. Bone chilling cold up here, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of going around right now. Um, it is January, right? Yeah, the end is in sight, I hope. <laughs> you only got, what, about three, four months of winter left? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, joining us today is our guest, uh, John Suchan. John, how are things Hi. going? Very good. Thank you for ha- having me on tonight. Absolutely. Um, people can follow you at John Suchan. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying your name right, am I not? It's- yeah, it's it's John it's John Suchan. Yep. Suchan. Okay, yep. man. Yep. You know what? I knew I was gonna mess it up, and I'm, <laughs> I apologize. That so. that was a pretty good guess, though. Suchan. Okay. Well, I you know I listened I listened to uh, an episode of your podcast and heard oh, you introduce yourself, and I still couldn't remember it right. So excellent. That's well, what happens. You. The so. Johnny the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Absolutely. So so that's we've got that to talk about, and then um, you're also a writer for. The uh, for King James Gospel, Dog Pound Daily, and Cleveland Sports Talk. Yep, all those. Yeah, um, busy man. I am. Yeah, got a couple articles out today. One on Dog Pound Daily about some cornerbacks for the free agency market that the Browns might be eyeing, and did an article today on uh, Kevin Love, the great aging Kevin Love for the Cavaliers, and what a great season he's been having so you can catch that on king james gospel as well also right for uh, cleveland sports talk and yep so keep him busy excellent well everybody can check all your stuff out um on you at your uh, twitter handle so uh definitely fantastic um, yeah everybody um check you out give you a follow there so um appreciate it so, absolutely so um we're getting, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the, uh, you know, the uh, offensive roster and, and uh, breakdown of, of rooms and everything. But we've got a couple things to talk about before we do that. First thing is our Blitz beverages and what we are drinking tonight. John, you're the yes. guest. You get to go first. So why don't you tell us? Well, this was a big moment. I was, I was planning this out all, all day, you know. Um, so <laughs> I'm drinking what, okay, there's a restaurant here in, in town. I'm outside of the Columbus area over in Gahanna. And they've got a new place downtown. Uh, so I'm giving a plug for, for Gahanna here. And this, uh, the restaurant is called The Stadium. And it was, it's been, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's been uh, some past athlete has opened this restaurant up and he's got a, a variety of uh, dishes and and drinks too that he offers and they oftentimes have special names tied to like football or basketball or things like that so i'm drinking he he has one drink called the king james <laughs> uh so it's a mixture of probably like vodka cranberry blackberry um and a few other s- splashes of stuff so <laughs> that is the drink of choice tonight Sounds good. Yes. Is it, is it is it like, it's not too foo foo, is it? No, I, I tried to stay away from the foo foo. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to ask. That's right. I mean, it is called the, the LeBron James, so I don't. I mean, it is kind it of. It can't a, be too foo foo. Yeah. Though. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I okay. thought it would be fair game for for the show. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds pretty good. Well, um, Jeff's sitting this one out. I am. I'm drinking. Um, I, I've still got a couple of uh, individual cans 
left from the uh, from the brew dog when uh, my wife and I stayed there a while back, and that's not too far away from you, John. So where is that? Yeah, I'm, I've heard of it. Um, not, yeah, in, I mean it's, it's, it's like kind of southeast from where you are. Just okay. I mean it's east of Columbus a little bit. Got you. Uh, and um, so I'm drinking a brew dog Mallow Laser Quest. It's ah. a marshmallow and pineapple hazy IPA. Okay. I got to tell you guys. Marshmallow and pineapple. I don't taste any marshmallow in this. Uh, I don't know what marshmallow tastes like kind of beer, but I taste some. I taste a little bit of uh, pineapple in it. Got it. But it's not. It's not that strong. Um, But you know, it tastes pretty good. I have this image of uh, what was the 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 Ghostbusters movie with the big. billowy marshmallow uh, man yeah uh-huh that, that that's yeah. what i'm picturing in, yeah. in my mind right now and i i guess i can't talk foo-foo when i'm drinking something with marshmallow and pineapple and i can't exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good though um yeah yeah i mean i think the beers from brew dog are pretty good so um uh, kind of wishing i would have got some uh some of the elvis juice for myself but i did not so um definitely something i'll be getting in the future though so anyways guys that's uh that's our blitz beverages Excellent. we're going to move on to uh, to the next uh, segment and that is where john tells us about his browns fandom kind of where this originated and just a little bit about his story as a browns fan wow well you know it, i i grew up i was telling you before we went we started recording i grew up uh, closer to cleveland i was in worcester uh kind of halfway between akron cannon and um uh, Mansfield up there and uh, yeah um, started becoming a fan probably late 70s uh, around 19 what I remember is in 1980 the playoff game Browns made it that year Brian Sipe and the game against the Raiders and that um, it was a, a bitter moment as a, I think I was 12 maybe or I just turned 12 and I was devastated that that was the year I think they came out with a bunch of um, well, there was a song that came out too during one of those, str- I think that stretch of time, but yeah, the late seventies, early eighties became a big fan. Um, all my relatives live up in the suburbs of, of Cleveland from North Olmstead, the South Euclid to Willoughby to, um, seven Hills. So they're all over the place. And I would oftentimes find myself there. Um, I'd go to a lot of games when I was younger that the, the biggest probably moment as far as, and I, I have written about it a few times, various, um, articles I've written for various groups. Um, and maybe you guys remember this game too, pretty well, but the, the 86 season and the Browns getting to the playoffs that first and getting that first win against the New York jets and double overtime. And I was in high school at that time and it was you know, you had to go get the stadium. You have to go get the tickets ahead of time. Like you have to go down to the ticket master. Um, you have to stand in line ahead of time to get those tickets if you didn't have season tickets. And so me and my buddies, we would get those. And we went to that game. We were at that game against the Jets. And I'll never forget that. We were in the closed end of the stadium and the upper deck sitting behind one of those um, obnoxious poles that you couldn't see <laughs> half the field. <laughs> And um, it was a, just a, um, an amazing moment because that, that was at that point in the mid 80s, they hadn't won a playoff game going back to, I think, what, the 60s or early 70s, maybe. 
So there was had been a long stretch of time where the Browns hadn't won a game, and um, that that was a crazy. If you guys recall that game, that was just nuts. I mean, the both teams should have won the game. The the Browns made a dramatic comeback with four minutes to go in the game to tie it. Bernie Kosar actually didn't have as one of his best games. He was throwing interceptions that game too, and um, they were lucky to not turn the ball over late and somehow won that game at the end of the second overtime. Fantastic. It was, the stadium was delirious and it was a, it was a fun moment. Something that basically from that point on, I was, I was sold (laughs) on being a fan. And um, I actually, I moved out. uh, One of the things I've written too, maybe you guys, maybe you, I, maybe you knew this about me already and I've shared this on my podcast, but I uh, moved from, Worcester out to uh, Kansas. I lived in Kansas for 26 years. Uh, I was a teacher educator out there for many years and I raised my family out there, have returned back now to Ohio in the last four years. But um, we had a, we have a, you know, Browns backers worldwide are amazing. And there is a large group of 30 or 40 um, Browns backers who live in, in the Wichita, Kansas area. And they would gather at a bar called Quincy's on Sundays. And I was their president for a few of those years. Ah. And it was a great, great time. They still meet. They just actually found out Quincy's is not having the NFL ticket now um, going in the next season. So they're all a little bit devastated about that. But we had a variety of people that would show up for those games. Many of the people that lived in Wichita were from Cleveland or grew up Browns fans. And so uh, they're a very hardcore group. It just a, it just really shows the the, the amazing uh, way that the Browns connect to so many people are across the country. I mean, there are other fan bases, and I, I get that, but Browns fans are very unique. So that's a little bit of the backstory for for us. Excellent. And Jeff, do you want to tell John where you were sitting for that Jets game? Maybe you guys were close to each other. <laughs> Probably about ah. five sections over. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how many people that we've we've talked to that um, you know that that game was a critical point in their becoming a Browns fan. Um, Isn't that crazy? You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had been a Browns fan for several years already, but um, the opportunity to go to that game and um, experience everything you just described—you know, I've talked about it many times—is something that'll always stay with me. Yeah, it was just truly tremendous. And I don't know. I'm, were you well, how how old were you guys when that happened? Were you? Oh, I, let's see. I was twenty five. Okay, so you're in your twenties. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just remember there were people around. We were just people were hugging each other. Like we didn't know people. Like you right. know, around. But yeah. everyone was just. That's what you did. You didn't have cell phones back then, too. You didn't have all these things it was like you know <laughs> right. you were really you know you were involved in the game and you weren't you know being sidetracked by something else so it was it was right. really quite the moment it's a very tight crowd but do you remember that game i mean bernie did not have his best i mean he was like i've gone back and watched highlights of the, that game um i mean he made some made some big mistakes in that game yeah it wasn't a double overtime game because everybody played well Right. <laughs> it was because because nobody really wanted to well, win he, the game. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it like at the end of the was it the first overtime or the end of the game where he they got down to like the two or three yard line off a big pass to was it Webster Slaughter and then he tried Bernie tried throwing something in the end zone. The guy literally picked it off, but he dropped it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was not a clean game by any stretch of the imagination. We romanticized what a great game it was, but um, it was more about the crowd and the the experience. Uh, And it seems to be the coldest game ever when you listen to people talk about it, too. Like, it was was so cold, but I think the Raiders game was a little bit colder back in. Oh, gosh, yes. It was probably a lot colder. Were you at that game? No. Okay. Okay. No. Um, I, I was just going to say, I believe the last time I looked, that that Jets-Browns double overtime game is on um, the Browns app. Oh. You can watch it on there. Um, last time I looked. Now, it's been a while. I, I started watching it a while back. I never got back to it. But. <laughs> See, now, it was the year. It was the next year after that in 80, the 87 that when the playoffs were in that January of 88. When the Browns lost that game on the fumble, was that the fumble? The second year was the fumble, right? Was that 88? Yeah, the, the drive. The yeah, and then, and then the fumble. Yeah. What I recall about the fumble was we were, wa- we were watching that at home. Uh, the game was in Denver, and I, my best friend was at the game with me, or, not, or that, at our house. And um, when he, Ernest Biner fumbled the ball, my my best buddy he started jumping up and down on our couch at our in our in our home and he broke the couch <laughs> and my my dad still has not lived that he's still irritated about that uh, moment in, in in time i think that couch was from his um from their from my dad and my mom's wedding so he was uh, not not very happy <laughs> ah, yeah yeah definitely well, guys, let's let's get on to uh, to um, just a couple things in Browns news. And if you guys have anything to add, um, you know, feel free to jump in here. But uh, I think um, probably the main the main bit of news right now is the is the hiring of of Quasi Adolfo Mensa by the Vikings, yeah, as as their GM. Um, you know, and this is, I mean, it, it's great news that the uh, you know for a multitude of reasons you know first of all he you know that he's getting this opportunity um you know second it reflects well on on the browns yeah Um, and and third the browns the browns pick up two third round uh, compensatory picks you know one this year and one next year so uh you know so it's definitely definitely a good thing um we're not going to really talk draft tonight but this you know I think I just think the draft looks a little bit different when you're going um, to where you have two third two third round picks and two fourth round picks. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it yep. just seems like the Browns. It just feels like the Browns can do a lot more damage. You know, with those two additional picks in there. Absolutely. So, um, so that and uh, I, I guess. Um, so I mean, the rumor. I mean, with that happening, Rod, do you? I mean, what I, you know, the, the the people are making the connection with the Vikings because of their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, being there. Yeah, yeah, that was and my then, next little bit, John. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Um, you know, and, and uh, I mean, we can talk about that that now or, or with, I guess, <laughs> with, our, with our QB room. But, um, you know, there's definitely a possibility that, um, mm-hmm. that there's going to be talk there, um, you know, if there hasn't been already, even though. <laughs> Even though he's, you know, just now, um, you know, taking the job. 
But, well, I'm um, all I'm about uh, conspiracies always. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no. But yeah. but the idea, like you know, am, are we? Is someone like myself reading into it? Am I overthinking it? I'm just posing a question. Like when you see, am I just thinking too hard? When you see, like our quarterback now, Baker Mayfield, people are making news about the fact that he's not wearing Cleveland Browns gear or talking about Cleveland. And yesterday he's on two days ago talking on social media about how he's leaving social media. Is that, are we all making too much of that? I guess I'm just, I, 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 I think so. Cause I, I think the guy's trying to recover from, a, <laughs> from a shoulder surgery right now. Um, you know, trying to rehab himself. I don't think he needs to be on social media or worried about what he's wearing right now. Um, you know, true. You know, I I haven't had that shoulder surgery. I've had a I've had another one, and and the okay. last thing I cared about was what shirt I was wearing. You know, when I had a bad shoulder, <laughs> it's like whatever the heck I could get on easiest was all that mattered to me at that point in time. So, uh, so you know, so I don't I don't really care about that stuff. I, I think yeah. um, you know if Baker's if if it works out that Baker is is the guy if there's if there's no trade to where they bring in a Kirk Cousins or you know name the other guy that that people are talking about anybody um, um, you know to be the number one yeah. quarterback then yeah you know then then Baker's the guy um, then, right and that's how it is you know and I, I support whoever the number one QB is so sure sure um, and I I have no idea I haven't looked at Kirk Cousins' contract recently. Um, I don't know what a trade like that would would even look like. I have no right. idea. I yeah I I haven't seen details myself. It would be expensive. That's the, yeah. A quick summary is expensive. Well, I mean, he signed his deal a few years ago, so I don't know what his average per year even is. Uh, you well, know, or other guys, he's, it, he's, it was the biggest deal around at the time. Yeah, he's got a year left, and he's guaranteed thirty-five million next year. Thirty-five next year. This yeah. upcoming season. Well, okay. that's, this year. that's this. That's this twenty twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. He's thirty-four years old. He's got a base salary of thirty or thirty-five million, um, and a ten yeah. million dollars signing bonus. So his cap hit is forty-five million dollars. Okay. Okay. So if well, I mean the the trade like, for a one-year quarterback, right. Or the other, I mean, if you throw, if you had a trade and you had Baker go the other direction to, let's say, first the Vikings, then you, I mean, they're talking about throwing in extra second or third round picks. Is that like? Yeah, if they I, I don't even, don't yeah. even know what that would look like. Can't imagine what it would look like. Um, right. But you know, I think, I think that's a conversation for, you know, if that really starts to heat up. Um, yeah. You know, we we can digest that um good bad yeah. and different um yeah but i think the 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 synergies between the front offices where we kind of started this is really interesting uh, yes. on a number of levels and you know we'll see what kind of fruit that bears as time goes on yeah i mean you can yeah. look at the quarterbacks it could you know it could turn into a lot of other things too just uh, you know draft date trades and other things like that too right. yeah so so yeah absolutely um, one last bit in who's did you see that Miles got um, got uh, drug tested again? Yes. <laughs> After the season, he likes, I mean, to, he likes <laughs> to post those pictures and then he posts like, a picture where, yeah, where 
I mean, and you can't even see his arms in the picture. You know, it's showing his six pack and part of his chest. And I mean, really? <laughs> uh, they just won't leave the guy alone. I, I no, he's like got to be the most tested athlete of all time. It seems like I would assume so. Um, <laughs> you know, how many times does he have to? You know, how many times does he have to pass before they'll just exactly? I know they're going to keep testing him, but how many times does he have to pass where they'll just you know kind of back off a bit and only test him? You know, maybe once a month or so, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let, let's get into this Browns roster breakdown, and we're going to take this uh, room by room, and I guess kind of the idea is to just kind of look at uh, where the you know where the Browns stand with guys that are on their roster, um, kind of the contract status of these guys, and and uh, whether we think, I mean, it, most of these guys, it's it's probably pretty obvious whether they'll be back or not. Um, I, I say most, but probably half of them, it's pretty obvious whether they'll be back mm-hmm. or not. Um, the other half might be up for debate. Um, mm-hmm. But we're also going to look overall at the room and try to establish kind of how much of a need there is there, too. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll start with the first room, and that's quarterback. And we'll see if we, uh, when I mention this to Jeff, we'll see if we get past quarterback tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so the Browns uh, – Browns um, only have uh, only have uh, Baker and Case Keenum on the roster. Nick Mullins is a is a uh, is a UFA. Yes. So um, now, so now there Baker, was a rumor today that that Bernie Kosar was coming back. Is that true? No. I hope for Bernie's sake it's not <laughs> true because yeah okay. he might get hurt out there. Um, <laughs> as much okay. as we'd like to see him play, yeah. Um. So so Baker's <laughs> Baker's twenty six guys. He's um. And 22, he's set, uh, and, um, you know, I've, the way I wrote this down, I believe, is just more or less what they're due. So I'm not counting uh, uh, signing bonuses or anything like that. This is what they're due for the 22 season. Um, and Baker's due $18.8 million. Right. Um, he's a, he'd be a UFA in 23 right now. And um, let's see. Yeah, he's he's I believe I'm trying to remember the way I wrote this down because you know what guys I prepared for this like three days ago. So <laughs> you have a hard um, time reading your writing. No, I'm just <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember. Well, they're obviously not going to cut Baker, so it really doesn't matter what I wrote down there. Anyways, so um, so yeah, that that's Baker. Um, Case okay. Keenum, Case Keenum's due uh, six point five million. He's mm-hmm. a UFA. If they cut him, they they save they essentially save the six point five. Yes. So that, that's where that's where they stand on those two guys. So um, just uh, I guess I'm going to turn it over to you guys and we'll let Jeff go first because he hasn't really got, mm-hmm. to, got to talk much yet. Um, your thought on the quarterback room and I guess I guess your thought on on Case Keenum. Um, chance that he chance that he. Uh, plays here next season at that 6.5 or renegotiates or anything and what what are your thoughts on on what they might do with the room and and what kind of need there is there yeah so let me just summarize the room um this way um i i, I jotted down the the pff numbers for all of these guys um and again not that you know what PFF does for you, I think, is gives you an objective 
measuring stick of one player against another. Uh, I know it's not a perfect system, but um, when you look at the, the, the numbers in the quarterback room, um, it's a shame that Nick Mullins is a UFA because he was the highest rated quarterback on our roster last year. That's mm-hmm. uh, 69.2. And um, when you look at, at PFF numbers, um, mm. anything 70 and above is is considered to be a starting caliber player in the NFL. So mm-hmm. Nick Mullins felt just fell just under that. Um, Baker was 63.9 and Case Keenum was 57.4. So um, it's pretty obvious when you look at those numbers that we have a, a problem in the quarterback room um, mm-hmm. from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely not getting the production out of our quarterback room that we need. Um, and you could say that about a number of other positions on the roster as well, to be fair. Um, but I think to, to, to take Case Keenum first, um, the, the problem with the backup on this team is uh, twofold. We need, we need somebody who can step in and play, for instances like this year when we have an injury to our starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also need somebody long-term that, that we can be developing as, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. a, maybe, a, a, maybe a potential starter in the near future or um, just a, a good solid backup long-term. Um, so I, I really think the Browns need to bring someone in. Um, but mm-hmm. the problem is I don't know who that someone could be because when you look at who is out there in the, mm-hmm. in the free agent market and mm-hmm. who may be available via trades, I'm not really excited about any of them, um, mm-hmm. being that big an improvement over case Keenum. I really don't see it as a, as a major upgrade. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the really interesting spot on the roster um in this offseason to see if and when there is an opportunity to upgrade it uh i, I be- gotta believe that andrew Berry's is going to look at every possible option to, to upgrade this position mm-hmm. um but but man it, it's 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 going to be a tough road to hoe this year to get mm-hmm. that done <laughs> so um it, unfortunately we may just see uh another rendition of the same two guys um, mm-hmm. at quarterback in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let me interject real quick. Case Keenum has a, a million-dollar roster bonus that's payable, I think, like April or, or yeah. June. So that's, yeah, after the yeah, that's, I had that. Yeah, I don't think I have the date written down here. But um, I think it was so like if he's going to be cut, he's going to be cut before that roster bonus is payable, too. Right. And, John, I'm, I'm going to let yeah. you if Jeff was done, um, I'm going to yep. let you go because, um, and give your thoughts. And I don't know if you've looked at free agent uh, yeah. quarterbacks or not. Maybe I was you have some thoughts up, there too. Yeah, I was looking at my the article I had written a few weeks ago because I wrote something about some of the backups that are out there. And you're right. I mean, Jeff, there's not a lot, especially um, the four guys that I mentioned were Marcus Mariota. Um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> um, could be f- free, but you know he's been starting, but in a backup role. You know Marcus Mariota keeps coming up. I don't know. Um, you know I, I agree with you though. It, you know more than likely, you know you're gonna you're gonna stay with with Baker. You'll stay with Case Keenum. The the the, the Nick Mullins. I guess I'm interested to know what you think more about Jeff or 
Rod. I mean, he's had a couple of years, you know, pretty solid experience with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And came in here and did really well. A lot of people were hoping to see more of him, maybe that like that last game. Um, he isn't, I mean, he's a free agent, but do you, do you think he'll, I mean, he would demand as much as someone like Case Keenum does already. I mean, or do you think you could get him cheaper than, than Case? I mean, like you said, Case is due $6.5 million, you know, than a million dollars. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I would still think he would be cheaper category. than Case yeah. Keenum. Yeah. yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, and then there's Jacoby Brissett. I mentioned him in the article I wrote. And then there's Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> up there and uh, with the with um, Buffalo right now. He's in Ohio. Love him or hate him, Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> an Ohio kid, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, those are the four guys that I mentioned in the article I wrote a couple weeks ago on Doug Pondalian. Um, <clears throat> you know, I like Marcus Mariota just because I thought him coming out, but I know that he's a little bit. I don't know. You would. It, it, there isn't much difference between him and Case Keenum, probably, um, or any of these guys. So, yeah, I'd like. I'd probably. I mean. I, I just get this – I have this thing – I mean, Baker will probably be here and everything else, but – and that's probably in in the best uh, terms of, of, of the team and what the franchise needs to do is, you know, st- stay with these guys. Um, but if for some for reason that – I mean, Baker leaves or is traded or something happens, then, then I think that would be different. I mean, I don't know if Case Keenum would then – would he be here then if Baker left? Um, so just lots of questions, but yeah, it's tricky. Um, you know, you described those four guys. I I would summarize the, um, free agent quarterback, um, options as, uh, three types, (laughs) prospects, suspects, and reclamation projects. Um, (laughs) if, if we're going to bring in somebody that's going to push Baker, um, for playing time, which I think is, you know, we've talked about that before, Rod, you know, that that's really what this organization needs to do is, is yeah. find somebody to, to push him for playing time, make yeah. him play better. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know where that guy's, well, where that guy is right now. It's a real easy thing to say, you know, been, who do you replace him with? Because there's yeah. nobody out there. Well, I've been starting to read a little bit about some prospects more. I'm doing a, my, an article this weekend on, on covering the East West Shrine Bowl that's going to be played next Thursday over in Las Vegas, and I've been doing starting to research some of the the, the athletes coming out, or they're going to be there. Um, there's one, there's, but I don't know if he's playing in this game. There's a quarterback out of young kid. I mean, if you're talking at drafting somebody, like uh, there's a kid. I think he's out of Memphis, maybe. Um, I don't have the name. I don't know if you might be familiar, either of you, but um, I was reading up about one of these guys, quarterbacks that, for you know, I think it, I, th- I believe it was Memphis, but I'll have to. Don't, Back I don't have my list in front of me. I don't yeah, know yeah, but I mean, I agree with you though. I mean, you to to push Baker, and I mean, you really need to bring somebody in there that's young, coming, you know, a, a new prospect. So, yeah, I don't, and Jeff knows the draft class better than I do, but um, I don't think there's anybody who the Browns are going to draft I mean, who is going to come in and push Baker. Are you <laughs> talking about Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm sorry. I don't have that info in front of me. I, I caught it yesterday. I was reading something, uh, and I might, I'm giving you the wrong school. I'm sure. 
I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, are you quarterback guys, position yeah, obviously is not strong in this year's well, draft. Well, Jeff, it, and Rod, the the idea that, um, I mean, I've done some different articles on Baker. I've been, you know, most of my articles I've written over the last year, year and a half, have been supporting of, of Baker, and I even wrote one a couple months ago that you know, said that, you know, staying with Baker's best plan even moving forward. But if they play this out and he doesn't get to sign a contract and then they play out the season, see how he recovers from the shoulder surgery, does he, I mean, is he here beyond that? And then, because, I mean, people that support Baker and look at his stats, and I've looked at this too, I mean, his the, the, the consistencies at least as far as, just being there consistently playing games uh, being on the field is something that we haven't seen from a, a quarterback for a long, long time. And right. so that, that's a, that's a benefit obviously of having Baker Mayfield. Uh, but can he, can he get you to the Super Bowl? I don't know. At, at, and I, I, I was probably like a lot of people a year ago when they played the, the chiefs thought we were a lot closer to the Super Bowl than, than we are today. So yeah, guys, I think at quarterback, it depends on what the Browns truly decide to do. You know, they, they can go one of three ways. They they can they can try to go after somebody to replace Baker yeah. this season and go for a trade, in which case maybe you're best off keeping Case Keenum, or maybe they decide to cut Case because they want to free up the money to pay the, this new quarterback. Right. Or they can bring in – one of these guys to supposedly compete with Baker, but I don't really think that, um, uh, you know, I, I don't really think Mariota or Trubisky, any of those guys, I don't see those guys as, I don't really see those guys as true competition for Baker. No. You know, um, to me, those it's a matter of whether those guys are better than Case Keenum or not. Right, and that was what I wrote the article you know? initially for, was just like, I, I suggested that you could relieve some money if, if you release Case Keenum with that six point five million, and bring yeah. in a, a, a cheaper prospect like Mitchell Trubisky or Mariota. The Browns yeah. could save yeah. a little bit of money that way. That that was the purpose of that. Yeah, I know a lot of people when they read the article, they were like, they some people would be confused when they wrote comments back and like. Uh, Marcus Mariota is not better than Baker. I'm like, no, we're not talking about replacing the starting quarterback. We're talking about backups. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I think the third way is they they cut case and maybe they maybe they bring Nick Mullins back on you know a, a fair deal for them that's you know not not close to what they're paying case, but they feel comfortable with with Nick Mullins being the backup. Yeah, and they and they draft the third guy. You know, um, so who's more? Go ahead. No, I was just, who's more at fault then? Like, I know this is a different question about the quarterbacks, but this whole conversation over the whole season, I mean, with Baker going out there every week, I know maybe you guys have already touched on it in previous shows, but I mean, who's, who's more to blame? I, I guess it's like he was going out there every week and the coaches kept saying he was their best option, but Case Keenum did a pretty good job against the against the Broncos that one night. He had, I think, other games yeah. that people thought he might be out there instead of Baker, and and they kept putting Baker out there. I guess I just wonder who's more more at fault for that. I mean, who was who was really running the show there? 
That's a good question. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I know if we ever came is, to a consensus on that. We've, we've talked about it. I, I don't think it matters, really. I mean, the, the reality is, is that yeah. we had we had a severely limited offense because of what our quarterbacks were capable of this year. Okay. And you can blame that on injury or, or, or whatever. Um, but the, the reality is, is that we had to keep our offense very, very simple um and mm. and low risk because of the limitations of what we had at the quarterback position and you know if, if you said that about any other position on the roster you would be saying geez we need to upgrade that position right um the unfortunate thing is is that that's a really tough thing to do to to upgrade the quarterback position obviously every team in the nfl with the exception of you know maybe the top five quarterbacks is thinking the same thing. You know, we, uh-huh. we we should really be upgrading the quarterback position, right? Pittsburgh's got a real quarterback problem right now, you know? Um, so, well, well, even some of those yeah, teams, it, Jeff, are worried about their backup. He knows their backup. Right, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're always going to talk about upgrading positions. And, 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 you know, maybe what we have next year is, you know, Baker has a bounce back year. He's healthy. Um, and he plays like he did at the end of the 2020 season. And, yeah. you know, this isn't a problem going forward. Yeah. Okay. But I think as a responsible general manager, you, you have to be out there looking at, you know, every possibility. And, and uh-huh. can we, can we find somebody in the draft that, you know, we, we develop as a, as a backup or maybe a long-term starter? I think that's a separate question. I think that's absolutely yeah. something that needs to happen. Okay. But I don't think that, resolves to your to your point um that doesn't resolve our starting quarterback issue it probably even in the next two or three years okay yeah yeah i agree i agree you guys ready to talk running back <laughs> let's do an easy let's do an easy one now <laughs> yeah let's do an easy one let's talk running back now, okay, I, did, I did propose a trade now with one of our running backs i don't know if you caught that but i as a kind of a joke but not a joke but People uh, made a lot of comments about that recently <laughs> involving one of our running backs. I missed it. Why don't you lay it on us? Well, it was – I don't know if you saw the title of the article, but it was um, four um, attention-grabbing trades. <laughs> Thus, the title of the article was to, you know, to grab your attention. And the first trade that I suggested was trading uh, Kareem Hunt to the Dolphins. Uh, in a fictitious world, um, because a couple reasons, I was I was in, in the in the piece I I defended trying to bring you know keep Dearness Johnson, uh, he'd be he'd be a cheaper, and the Dolphins I I gave the Dolphins because they have seventy million dollars in cap space, they don't really have a really good run game, they just fired their coach I don't you know. There's various reasons, but um, I laid that one out, and I I think I gave the Browns several uh, draft picks in, in in return, like third okay. third round picks, fourth round picks. But um, I got a lot of <laughs> a lot of people were very outraged about that. So, um, <laughs> but um, um, you know, I did I did it in it, the 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 article was not intended to be you know straightforward you know flat out. This is what I believe, but I, I was trying to give some scenarios of possibilities. I think I also talked about 
Austin Hooper getting traded maybe to like the Carolina Panthers. And, and I know Jarvis Landry is not likely going to get traded, but I did propose that. And actually it was interesting. I listened to somebody else talk about Jarvis or Jarvis Landry being traded to um, the new England Patriots. Now I, some people believe that would be contrary to what the new England Patriots all about. But anyway, getting back to the running backs, I just, I threw that one out there about Kareem. Uh, it could save uh-huh. the Browns some, some money and the Ernest Johnson could take take his place uh, and the, and the connection between mm-hmm. Chubb and hunt, they, you know, obviously hunt's been injured for a lot this year too. So. Yeah. Well, I'll just say, I don't think that's totally far-fetched. Uh, you okay. know, I mean, uh, Kareem hunt <laughs> is, has been a huge part of the offense and I think he can do some things the other guys can't do, but I mean, I think they, they can all do things that are a little bit unique, you know, Chubb yeah. Hunt and Johnson, you know, Johnson to a lesser degree, uh, but, but he's, you know, definitely proven his value and I think showing the league what he can do. So, um, so, yeah. so let's talk about this running back room. Um, Nick Chubb signed the extension and guys, when I'm given ages, I'm given, these are approximate. So I know some places they give the age of what they're going to be next season and that. So um, some of these ages I think are what the guys are right now. So, um, Nick Chubb's 26. Uh, in 22, he's going to make 5.2 million. In 23, he's slated to make 14.8 million. Okay. Um, he can be. I, I don't want people to get mad at me. Okay. In, tw- <laughs> in 2024, he can be cut at a cap savings of 16.2 million. So you really have to watch. Uh, health and and viability of Nick Chubb over the next two seasons. You know, from my standpoint, I want Nick Chubb to play here for the next five years and set records and, you know, be, you know, and, and, you know, and push Jim Brown for the, for the Browns number one, you know, rusher of all time. You know, I hope that happens, but um, there's a business side to this and and that's what we try to look at in the off season so so that's what i'm laying out there mm-hmm. uh, kareem hunt is is i believe the same age 26 um, he's going to make 6.25 in 22 he's a unrestricted free agent in 23 right and he he can be he can be cut he's not going to be cut but he could be cut to save 6.25 cut or traded Yes. Obviously, this season uh, to save that 6.25. Um, I'll leave that at that right now. Uh, Dearness Johnson's an RFA. Um, I'm, I'm going to do my best to talk about restricted free agents, guys, because I'm not an expert on this. Um, <laughs> and, and tenders and all this stuff. Yeah. I don't know how how much you guys know about this stuff, but I was just uh, reading a little bit about that the other day, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I looked this up and made some notes. Um, you know, it, it depends what kind of tender you give these guys. Um, you know, you can give them a, a right of first refusal, an original tender, a second round tender, or a first round tender. And then they can negotiate with another team. And then um, the Browns have an option to match. And essentially, if you do uh, the the right of first refusal, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't remember exactly what that entails, but the original tender would give the Browns a first a a pick in the round that the player was drafted in. 
-hmm. Okay. Um, and obviously a second and first round tender would, would yield the Browns a second and, and or a first round pick. Um, now what happens is if the Browns, um, if the Browns end up just having to pay that player and not match a deal, then the player gets um, right of first refusal. They get $2.4 million. Um, original round, they get $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, second, they get 3, $3.9. And first, they get $5.5. Okay. And I believe... I be, yeah, I believe that's the case um, regardless of position. I want to say that's right. <laughs> I've got too many notes written down here, guys, and and um, I'm willing to admit that I'm not an expert on everything. So, so obviously, so this is what we're looking at with Dearness Johnson: is what type of t- of tender are the Browns uh-huh. going to look at putting on him? And they're going to put a tender on him because they want to get worst case, they want to get compensation for him, right? Uh-huh. So, what kind of tender do they want to put on him? And you know, and, and or are they willing to look at signing him to an extension? Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure what the rules are with an RFA if they can even do that at this point. But they want to at least, you know, get compensation back in a draft pick. Mm-hmm. So I think the question is, how much are they willing to pay Dearness Johnson? Yeah, for 2022 to keep him if they decide to match an offer. Or if no no other team, um, you know, decides to that they want, you know, to sign him. Yeah. So how much money is Dearness Johnson worth? You know, I saw me, some value. They did, I saw read somewhere. I thought it they like three or four million is what I read somewhere in one of those uh, estimates what he would be wor- valued at for a per year contract. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think he pushes the the second round tender three point nine. Yeah, you know, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty. Uh, um, Let's see here. You know, I think that's pretty straightforward. I don't know if you put a first round tender on him if, if anybody's going uh-huh. to, to sign him. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're overestimating him at that point. Um, I don't know what the running back market is, but there are definitely teams out there that would want Dearness Johnson. I mean, he ran for 500 yards this year in, in limited time. So on spot on sport, no, what is that? The um, spot track, the contracts where they they've got him listed at a 2.6 million average salary um, calculated value for next year. They they they, okay. have, they show him signing a two-year deal for 5.3 million. Okay. So that's 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 one. Suggestion. Uh, I don't know what round was he drafted in. He went undrafted. So he was undrafted so on South Florida. Tender on him. No, he's a street free agent. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. Um, do you guys think somebody? Do, do you guys think he's worth keeping for three point nine million on a second round tender? If nobody signs him. Let That's me. Let me. Go back to my PFF numbers real quick. And yeah. maybe this yeah. will just shed yeah. a little bit of different light on this. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so so um, Nick Chubb 
was rated at 81.7. Dearness mm-hmm. Johnson was rated at 81.1. Wow. Kareem Hunt. Well, let, let me do Demetric Felton first, 78.1. Okay. And Kareem Hunt, 74.4. Then you got Andy Janovich and John Kelly down in the 60s, okay? Okay. Uh, and Johnny Stanton. Um, the way I see this, uh, and I'm going to round Kareem Hunt up to 75, okay? But the Browns' offense has eight players that that are ranked 75 and above. Okay. And four of them are running backs. <laughs> Wait, so, who's the fourth one? So you've Chubb, got Chubb, Chubb Hunt, Johnson, Johnson, Felton, and Hunt. Oh, Felton. And I'm okay. putting I'm putting yeah. Felton in the category of a running sure. back. Sure. Okay. I, I listen to him as wide receiver. He's here, more than yeah. that, okay? Um, but, you know, when you've got four really highly rated players at a position where really only two are going to play, yeah. Um, it, it it makes that idea of, you know, moving on from one of them one uh-huh. way or another, not all yeah. that far-fetched. No, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Right. See, and that, so like you were talking earlier, Rod, about, you know, Nick Chubb. I mean, I, I don't, I think, I mean, I feel like Nick Chubb's the best running back we've had forever. And, you know, the, the, the numbers yeah. back that up. And by my numbers and by my math, he should be able to get up to Leroy Kelly's stats, not next year, but at least within the next two years, probably, you know, maybe need that third year to get to the seven. Well, he he could hit it before then, because I think he's at, what, 5,000 some, I don't have the actual um, number. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. But, but he moved yeah, up to fifth or sixth right now, and um, I mean, Jim Brown's at 12,000 something, and yeah, there's a little gap between first and second on the list. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but I mean, I just I I, I don't see. I agree though. I, that's an interesting what you said too about the him being uh, was it 2024 that his they'd have an option on Chubb's contract to see kind of what he yeah, does. In 2024, I think he's not guaranteed at that point. So, you know, maybe there's a renegotiation at that point or, you know, maybe, I mean, it, it's yeah. going to depend on his health and everything. I mean, yeah. you know, he'll be, he'll be, uh, you know, 28, 29 at that point. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think the Browns have been very smart about his workload. I mean, that's a whole nother issue. People, mm-hmm. people definitely argue about him not getting the ball enough. You know, are the Browns being smart or are they not using him enough? That's a whole, that's a question for another show. But um, you know, what do I you think, think can, Jeff? Yeah, what is what is it, Jeff? What do you think? Like, where do you think that with like you, your suggestion on the four guys? I mean, the two we don't really need. Where do you see that? Yeah, going? I I think I think Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are really competing for the same roster spot. Okay. Um, and I don't think both of them will be on the team again next year. So it's really just a question of what they do with one or the other of them. What's what's the most attractive option? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, 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 I at this point, go ahead. I, I was just gonna. I was gonna say you can you can trade Kareem, or you can try to get a second round pick out of Dearness Johnson. Yeah. But what do you think is more likely, Jeff? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, Kareem Hunt is more of a known asset at this point around the league. Sure. Um, he's in his he's in his walk year. Uh, he's on a pretty team friendly 
contract for this year with the you know potential to sign an extension with another team. Um, you know, teams might look at him as a really attractive guy that, that, you know, that are looking for that number one running back, you know, and, and he's shown that he can do that in the past. Um, you know, Dearness Johnson is a really nice compliment to Nick Chubb, but we've said he, you know, he could start for a lot of teams. Yes. Um, so there are a lot of teams so, that need running backs. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, you know, at this point, I, I don't know which way that goes. Um, I, I am pretty confident, though, that they both won't be on the roster next year or next well, fall. I think you're probably right because I, I don't know. I mean, if they if they put a second-round tender on him and, and keep him and pay the $3.9 million, I mean, that, that's $10 million they're paying Hunt and, and Johnson. And they're paying right. Chubb five. You know, that, that, yeah. that's $15 yeah. million in running back. Uh huh. Um, you know, I, and, and you've got you've got those assets that you can use to fill, you know, another void somewhere on the roster. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, either mm-hmm. with a second round pick or, or yeah. I mean, I I don't know what you get for Kareem if you get a player, you know, or players or draft picks or whatnot, but you definitely get something of value for Kareem. Uh, and and unlike quarterback, it's pretty easy to go out and find a second or third running back. In the free agent market, in the draft, there's a number of ways that you can find a guy that's going to give you adequate, you know, sure. backup potential. You know, it's not like quarterback, you know, where you know you got to have a guy that can come in and lead an offense. I mean, running backs are, you know, not. But don't, as but don't you, but, but don't you both agree that I I agree with that assessment to pretty much uh, for running backs, but uh, when we're talking about someone. I just feel like there's a difference between someone like Nick Chubb and some of the other running backs. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a different back than Nick Chubb, but I just yeah. think the uniqueness yeah. of, of what Nick Chubb brings to the game can't be estimated with numbers and whatnot. I, I hear a lot of younger people talk about liking Kareem Hunt more than Nick Chubb, or they feel like Nick Chubb's yeah. disposable like any other running back. And I'm I'm looking at it going, you guys don't realize what, what you've got in front of you. Uh, compared to all the running backs mm-hmm. over the history of the league and and Brown's yeah. history too, I mean Nick Chubb is going to end up somewhere in that top tier f- forever. Um, yeah, John. John, I was beating. I've been. I was beating the drum for years to extend Nick Chubb because of the fact that people kept saying that you can't pay a running back and win and all this. And I'm like, right. Nick Chubb is not a running back. Okay, no, he's, Nick, right. he's Nick Chubb. Okay, I've said and, in my articles, he's the heart of the team. I just, I, yeah, I still believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take so many guys like Nick Chubb on, on the team. Uh, just his work ethic, the, you know, just, just keeping his mouth shut, and doing his job, and just outworking everybody. Um, the, there are two other running backs on the roster, guys, and that's that's John Kelly, who signed yeah. um, just for next year at, at the eight ninety five. He's a He'd be an unrestricted free agent in uh, in 23. And okay. have we seen Trey Harbison, guys? Did he play at all last year? No. no. Okay. okay, Trey Harbison is signed um, for 22 and 23. Okay, um, 705 and 22, 940 and 23. And he would be an RFA in 24. So Where's he, where he from? College I, did he play? Did he I don't know. Do you have that in front of you, Jeff? Because I don't have that in front of me. Charlotte. 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 Okay. 
He would be an RFA in 24, so he's a guy the Browns could control for a while, and I'm thinking that maybe they like something about this guy, too. So so I don't know. I don't know. He's only 23 years old. So I'm not going to say he's in, in the company of these other guys, but maybe there's something they like about Trey Harbison to assign hmm. him to a two-year deal. Huh. Okay. Yeah. They, so, they put um, him on IR back in August, Rod, so... Okay. So he's, okay. He's probably going to get get a look in training camp. Um, okay. But he's he's not on a futures contract at this point. So. Okay. Um, okay. I I don't know. Gotcha. We gotcha. have tons of options at running back right now. Is, is the takeaway <laughs> I think. Tons <laughs> yeah. of options and and yeah, there's only one Nick Chubb, but we're really not looking to replace him. We're looking to fill out the rest of that room. So my yeah, so, my, right. so my trade, Jeff, you'd be okay with my trade to for a hunt to the to the Dolphins or let's say the Texans? Yeah, you know, in 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 principle, trading Cream Hunt, I would not have a problem with. I don't know what the you know specifics of that trade would have to look like. Sure, um, but I wouldn't be opposed to trading him. I mean, I I love Kareem Hunt, but I see where the Browns are and. If if you can keep Dearness Johnson and and realistically you're going to pay Dearness Johnson less than what you're going to pay Kareem Hunt next season. Yeah. And, well, I thought of it and, was a way of the Browns saving money if they're looking yeah. at creating more cap space. I think they have what 37, 38 million supposedly in cap space, so that if you were to re- trade somebody like Kareem, you'd be releasing more of that for other options on the offense. Or well, it, yeah. To to okay. our earlier point of of, of you know, bringing in somebody like Kirk Cousins, you're going to need to make those kinds of decisions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, well, let's talk, uh, let's talk tight end, guys. Mm. Oh, man, it, this is a, this is a fireball right here, guys. <laughs> man, I put out a tweet about Njoku a week or so ago. Oh, boy. Man, I'm lucky I survived that one. Jeez. <laughs> um, what did um, you say? What did you, what was your tweet? Well, I think it, I was more or less saying that that I thought that um, that that uh, Austin Hooper would be on the roster this this uh, this coming season in twenty two, and that that yeah. Njoku would not be. Right. That, okay. That was my thought, and that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. You know, and then I think people read it that I liked Austin Hooper better than David Njoku. Sure. Because people people mix. <laughs> Fandom with the off yeah. season, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but it's, I think it's what it comes that to, divide has become, or how it be, how it's gotten to that point. It's very yeah. odd to me. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Austin Hooper's underperformed, but um, you know, I, I brought up the point, and I might not be the first one to bring this up, but you know, Austin Hooper was the first was the first big free agent that that um, Andrew Barry signed and other guys followed suit. So, you know, even if this wasn't a great signing, even if it hasn't paid off, um, you know, I, I you'd never know if that signing hadn't have happened. If if some of these other guys, you know, you know, you don't know where the Browns would be. You, well, know, gonna, you don't know what would happen after that. At least in one play, I'm going to defend Austin Hooper. I don't. I have the season tickets at the stadium, and earlier in the year, and I'm, I'm trying to remember which game it was. It was early on in a game, and like I said, I was at the stadium. You guys might have watched. I don't know if you were at the stadium or watched the game on TV, but it was 
uh, Baker threw a pass to Austin Hooper down toward the goal line. And Austin Hooper was like wide open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Baker did his traditional thing of throwing it high, you know, too high, too hard. And um, he missed. And people were complaining that Austin didn't go up or whatnot. But from at least my vantage point, and I had a pretty good view from where we were. Um, you had no I, chance, probably, right? No. And and yeah. it was just a, it was an unexcusable. I blame Baker Mayfield for it completely because I, at the time it was like, are you kidding me? He was like, there was no one within, uh, you know. But everybody's wor- more worried about his contract. I think they, because they expect bigger things out of him because of the money he's making. Yes. Yes. When I think you really just have to look at the position and where do the Browns stand at tight end? What do they need to do with this room? You know, what's the future hold? Um, you know, how can they improve this room? This offense is supposedly built around tight ends. And you look at these guys and it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, let's face it, Austin Hooper and David Njoku both are capable of making nice plays. They both had nice plays this year. They they both drop a lot of balls, both of them. I mean, I, I don't want to build my offense around either one of these guys. I just don't. Um, you know, and, and I like Harrison Bryant, but he really wasn't involved that much in the offense this year. But he doesn't make that much yeah. money. And the Browns yeah. have him for a couple more years. So they do. I, he's been so pretty, yeah, con- so. yeah, 20, 30 catches this season. Yeah. So I want to, I want to hang on to him, you know, and, and see what happens. So, um, so, so here's what I have, guys. Um, um, Austin Hooper's 27. Uh, he's, he's going to make 9.5 million this year, 9.5 right. million next year. And if the Browns cut him, they would save the 9.5 million for, um, and this is putting dead cap aside. Right. They would save the 9.5 for 22. Okay. And right. he's a free agent in, in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Bryant, what's he coming into his third season? He's yeah. he's going to make 895 in yeah. 22, <laughs> a million in 23, and um, unrestricted free agent in 24. You know, yeah. They can cut him, but it's nominal savings. Um, David Njoku's a free agent. He's he's you know Harrison Bryant's twenty three, Njoku's twenty five. Um, Njoku made six million in twenty one, but he's a free agent now. So, mm-hmm. um, and Jeff brought up a good point. Uh, I think on, I think it was probably our last show. Is if the Browns really wanted him, why wouldn't they have extended him? You know, before his contract expired. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kick it to you guys. Um, Jeff, why don't you go first on, on tight end? And so, he, go ahead. yeah, here's the numbers um, for the tight end room. Um, okay. Joku uh, came in at a 70.9. Mm-hmm. Bryant, 64.8. Hooper, mm-hmm. 64.6. Wow. And then the Browns have a couple of young guys um, on futures contracts. Uh, Miller, Forrestall, and mm-hmm. Gugumos. Um, okay. The, the, the bottom line, guys, is that the the tight end room is more like the quarterback room than it is like the running back room. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got a bunch of mediocre guys in, yeah. in the tight end room yeah. right now. And you know, again, you can talk about you know why. Um, yeah. But 
the reality is, is that, you know, this is, this is an area where the Browns need to up, upgrade. And, yeah. and if, 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 if David Njoka was the upgrade, um, yeah, he, he'd be under contract right now. We'd be talking about him being our, you know, number one tight end and, and he just hasn't earned it. Um, yeah. you know, Austin Hooper, fair or unfair, um, the bar was set higher because of his contract and he hasn't lived up to his contract either. Um, so this is an area where the Browns need to upgrade and, um, the way you're going to do it is by letting one of those guys or maybe two of those guys go and bring yeah. some fresh faces in. So, yeah. um, I think fresh, it's fresh like faces hardest, via hard- free agency. Is that what you're getting to? I mean, bringing in a couple of guys that in from, from that well, direction. I think they're definitely going to draft a tight end this year. And, and I don't think we're going to, you know, draft the second coming of, of, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, no, we're going to find well, out. We're going to find out. <laughs> I have somebody to you can hope. ask you about. Well, you know, there are some guys that, that I think would be uh, adequate replacements for David and Joku, um, you know, okay. from a talent standpoint and an upside standpoint um, that would be, you know, on a rookie deal and affordable and, you know, you could bring them along. Um, okay. You know, do you have somebody specific in mind? Well, no, this is kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of mixing two, departments but i i started watching a little film on um the wide receivers you know in the draft Uh-oh. and have uh-huh. you watched film of um drake london from usc much have you the the kid the wide receiver the six five kid out I'm of sure USC? Jeff has, yeah and the, so when i've watched he's, him he's yeah, yeah he's a he's he reminds really, me of travis of kelsey though. yeah like he used to play ball for USC and Travis Kelsey did. I mean, just watching that film, all he kept, all the passes that he was catching, he was boxing out his corner, the, the defenders, like he would playing basketball and go up. And I just kept thinking, my God, he would just, you know, move the chains. You know, all these guys that we talk about, you know, Gronk and what Evans down in Tampa Bay and um, that kid could. So I, I, yeah. Going back I to Antonio Gates. An interesting point. John, yeah. the, the interesting point is when you use your tight ends, you know, in a tight end heavy offense, when you use your tight ends as your possession receivers um, and, and you bring in a big receiver, a big body guy like that, you know, if, if they were to bring in a. Yeah. You there? No come back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He'll be back. He's yeah. Okay. A little internet issue prone. Um. Yeah. Um. If it's he, it, the point. I mean, he. We. I mean, the Chiefs, for example, they got you know you're using Travis Kelsey, but they've also got Tyreek, you know, Hill. There, just you know, stretch the field. We don't have that with the Browns right now. We don't have they, somebody they receiving that, tight end, right? Yes. Right. Right. But I mean, like you're like we don't like Jeff. You don't see like what we with the Browns. We don't have that. You you were a tight end heavy offense, but we don't have that guy that can stretch the field yet. So you you kind of need both, right? I mean, you need a a a new guy like someone like that kid that we we just mentioned from USC, Drake London maybe, and then like somebody else that could stretch the field that that's more of a speech or like 
who we picked like up Schwartz. last year. Like yeah, they, like I like mean, like Schwartz. Schwartz yeah. to do that, but there's a, I mean they they need more than just Schwartz at wide receiver, obviously. Yeah. Right. I mean, what what we need is guys who can create separation, um, who can run precise routes, particularly with Baker Mayfield as our quarterback. Um, he is very much a timing guy um, and an accuracy in route running guy. Um, so we need guys who are crisp and sharp and can can separate from DBs. Right. Um, so I think that's equally as, if not more important than the idea of, you know, length um, from a, you know, a 4-3 speed perspective. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I have always thought that that you know this team needed a, a big bodied possession type of guy. You know, I I, I grew up watching Ozzie Newsome yeah. as that guy who who got to the first down marker and secured the ball. Always caught, he caught every time. Yeah, every time. every time. There wasn't a yeah. question whether he's going to catch. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you know, again, <laughs> we need guys in the tight end room who can do their job, whatever is asked of them. I don't uh, think we need superstars in the tight end room. Um, it would be really great if we had a Travis Kelsey, but our offense doesn't need that to be successful. What we need is guys that are just uh, that are are B's instead of C's and D's. Okay. Well, and and Jeff and I, and we're kind of transitioning here into wide receivers. Um, but Jeff and I have. Jeff has always come back whenever the Browns draft somebody and Jeff's like, or sign somebody, Jeff's like another 5'11 receiver. Right. <laughs> right. But we never, right. we never have anybody who's, I mean, the biggest guy we ever have is six foot or, or six one, you know, at the most. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if we actually had some guys for six, three, six, five? Well, we had Josh Gordon. For, <laughs> right. One, oh, yeah. for one yeah, season where he went, went for 1600,000 yards and, um, right. In like three games, yeah, <laughs> <Right>. yeah, remember, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, real quick, guys, I didn't bring up, um, and, Je- and Jeff and I talked about this briefly, but um, Stephen Carlson, who was hurt all year, yeah. um, I don't know his, uh, I don't know his contract status where he stands, uh-huh. but he's a guy I could almost see having, you know, playing a part next next season um, for the yes. Browns if one of these guys. If one of these guys goes, you know, if they don't re-sign Njoku and they draft a guy, I mean, you want four tight ends on the roster anyways. Um, right. Carlson's got good hands. Um, he's never really had the chance to to make a big impact on this team. But man, when he's had the chance to play, he's shown that he can. He's shown that he can catch the ball. Yes. You know, so he, he's a guy I could see. You know, he's on a one-year. Go ahead. He's a, he's on a one-year contract. Let's see, is he? He's a restricted free agent right now. Okay. Okay. He's in on uh, his contract's eight hundred fifty thousand at the okay. moment. Okay. Well, so. I kind of think the Browns are going to want to bring him back, but you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what they do yeah, at tight end. Yeah. It's very interesting room. So, um, you guys have time for one more room, or should we wrap up? I got. I got time. If you got, I mean, I'm good. Okay, yeah, let's go. We're going to save offensive line for the next show, guys, because it's just too many guys to get through. But I think we can get through wide receiver because there's really only a few guys to talk about. Um, <laughs> we have wide receivers. Wait, what? We we I have don't... a few wide receivers left on the <laughs> roster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's who we have: uh, Jarvis Landry, 29 years old. Um, 
scheduled to make $15 million this year. He would be an unrestricted free agent in 23. And his contract is not guaranteed. So the Browns can save that $15 million by cutting him or Mm. I guess if they find a trade partner. But I don't know if anybody's going to want to take on that $15 million contract. So, so we'll see what happens. I think, I think Jarvis is a candidate to be cut. So we'll uh-huh. see what happens there. Um, Anthony Schwartz, 21 years old, um, scheduled to make uh, 881000 in 22, $1.1 million in 23, unrestricted free agent in 25. Um, DPJ is uh, 22 or 23 years old. Um, pretty much the same money and uh, UFA in 24. And Demetric Felton is 23 years old, and again, pretty much the same money in UFA and 25. I I, I listed Felton as a wide receiver because I just have a feeling with the way the running back room looks and the way the wide receiver room looks, I think he's going to get more looks at wide receiver next season. (laughs) Just a thought. Yeah. So, John, what do you think about the wide receiver room? Um. Well, I, I agree with you on Jarvis. Uh, I, I have, a, I mean, I think a lot of people are sensing that he may be released. Yeah. Um, I love the guy, but fifteen yeah. million dollars is fifteen million. It's funny that you know half the DPD group and I we have this argument, this ongoing chat that goes on online about Landry being the culture changer, whatever. You know, he came in here and helped change the culture, and yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 fun banter going back and forth because half the group agrees and the other doesn't. So, um, so Donovan Peoples <laughs> Jones, will be, yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones will be here, um, and then Anthony Schwartz, and then like you said, Felton. That's interesting, you know, with Felton because he's, you know, everybody had you know the first couple games of the season, kind of some of the he helped out with special teams and it seemed like he was doing a little razzle dazzle and scored a few times and so. Uh, yeah, Rashard Higgins will look again to go to the free agency uh, route. He tried what last year, and no one really was that interested. And he re-signed yeah. with the Browns. Um, I yeah. think he'll try again to leave. And you know that I I think I wrote a little bit about some of the the other guys. I was trying to find that article uh, that I wrote a while back about some other people that the Browns could bring in uh, in through free free agency, but. Um, I've been looking at draft prospects. I think I've got an article coming out here in the next day or two on Dog Pound Daily about some of the draft picks, especially if we're looking at that number 13 pick, what to do with it. And uh, there's, there's certainly there's a long, yeah. long list. Um, and I mentioned him just a second ago, but I'm falling you know, madly in love with this London Drake kid um, out of USC. Just, uh, just lanky, tall, uh, catches the ball, moves the chains. You've got other speed there too, Garrett Wilson. Obviously, the Buckeyes that you know a lot of people are, are clamoring for those two to have Garrett the Browns Wilson, look at. Yeah. yeah, Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave. Um, there's the kid out of Arkansas. Obviously, I think the Browns should draft somebody. Uh, everybody wants them to draft the wide receiver at 13. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, the Browns haven't really. They only drafted two guys in the first round of the draft. Uh, they drafted Casey Coleman back in 2015 out of Baylor. And then they drafted Braylon Edwards back in 2005 uh, with the number three pick. You know who was drafted in 2005 
at, at number 24 in the first round of the 2005 draft? That's Anybody? too far back for me to remember. No. Uh, one great State Farm commercial guy, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, no. <laughs> I'm not sure who the Browns were quarterbacking back in 2005. It was Brady Quinn or somebody after that. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was the uh, went number 24. Well, if they took Corey Coleman that year, they didn't draft a quarterback that, that year, did they, Josh? No. <laughs> oh, right. But, yeah. Um, Ugh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, they're going to need some to do some things there um, this off season. Um, the hype that was for Donovan Peoples Jones, I make fun of this snarkily, you know, all season about people were so over the moon about Donovan Peoples Jones making a, a catch or two in training camp that you know they thought he was going to be the next you know Odell Beckham Jr. But I mean, he had a better year this year and he made some progress in areas. Uh, but I think you mentioned it earlier, Jeff. I mean, our receivers aren't, you know, able to separate very well. Most of he's them. He's not are. a number one receiver. No, <laughs> he's not a number one or two receiver. No, so uh, definitely, not, so. Browns are going to need to look both places in free agency and the draft. Well, you're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and pull up a couple names too while you, you guys just continue to discuss. Okay, Jeff, you have, so, you have uh, PFF uh, grades. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you the numbers. I won't even attach names to them. Um, 66.3, 65.7, 64.7, 57.4, and 54.7. Man, we don't have we don't have a starting receiver on our roster. (laughs) Bottom line, but Um, no, we don't. And I I I talked about this on the last show. There's there's not a receiver who's in the top what 50 in any any of the meaningful categories. No. No, but no. but Jeff, wasn't um, that wasn't that the whole idea? Like the people were over the moon about the Browns because they thought we we were going to have this. We had the best wide receiver core. I mean, coming into this year and all the hype and Odell Beckham and was it just? Right. Well, it, it felt like it. It really did. It felt like it, but the numbers don't prove it at, at all. No. Well, I mean, you you had Beckham and Landry, and then DPJ is your number three guy, and then you had Schwartz yeah. coming in and Higgins. I mean, it, yeah. it sure sounded good. Sure, it did. Well, I think part of it, the problem is, is, you know, you have to throw the ball more than six yards. Um, <laughs> if honestly, that number up, yeah. See right. the shame. You see that first down mark, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it you know, to, to live as a as a receiver in this system is is pretty suffocating. Uh, evidence by the o- Odell Beckham divorce, um, but you don't like but, it here. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, you know, say what you will about Jarvis Landry, but um, I mean, he just didn't earn his keep. Um, you know, you have to if you're going to be that guy, you have to play like that guy all the time, and it just became obvious as the season went along that. That you know, Jarvis just wasn't that guy anymore, um, and I'm, I'm not sure that anybody that. else. Yeah. I'm not. Agree. I'm not sure anybody else on the roster is gonna be that guy. So, right. you know, right. you, you have to have a couple of developmental guys, like you said. You know, DPJ is probably gonna be here. Schwartz is gonna be here as as developmental guys. But man, this is the number one need. Well, uh, I got. On I got. Offense. Jeff, I got two names. I. Um, want to throw out at you and these guys are cheaper on in the free agent market that i talked about in a previous article but one is the uh lazard the lazard kid from uh, green bay he's a a free agent the wide receiver Mm -hmm. yeah um he he they paid him eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in green bay 
this past year. He went, I think he went undrafted uh, when he was first. Uh, but he's probably up. got decent numbers this year from Rodgers, I would guess. Yeah, he's had 35 catches or so. Um, and he played pretty well against the Browns when they played the other that that game. But what about the other the other kid that comes up? Uh, he plays for the Chiefs this year. Um, and the re- only reason I bring him up is uh, his name's Byron Pringle. Is that he's they used him in in Kansas City very in a lot of di- different ways, kind of like he's got a lot of speed, yeah, yeah. And they they used him in the in the in the kicking game, ca- catching punts and stuff. And I know we have Demetric Felton, but um, just another player that could do a lot of things for the team. And and he's cheap. Well, I mean, you always want to add speed if you can. So I mean, Byron Pringle would be interesting if he's you know in in the price range that they're looking at, but. I'll be honest with you, Alan Lazard, I think he's got some catching issues. I think he's only learned to catch the ball because Aaron Rodgers is really <laughs> pissed at him if he dropped it. Uh, so if he comes here, I, I'd be afraid that he might start dropping the damn ball again. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Well, um, a lot of people talk he, about... I don't think his hands are that good. Some people want to bring in a more pricey receiver like like a, like a Mike Williams out of, out of the Chargers, but the Chargers paid him $15 million a year ago. Yeah. I, and, I, mean, I, don't, he's gonna, I don't know. I think the Browns are going to go through the through the draft. I think it's more likely that they draft two receivers in the first three rounds, especially now that they have that additional third round do pick. You, do you both agree? Do you think they will both draft a re- receiver then at number thirteen? Do you think that's what's mm. going to happen? I think it depends on free agency, but I mean, Jeff studied this draft a lot more, so. What so do you think, Jeff? Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. And it's still early, guys. I mean, it's it's yeah. really early in, in yeah. talking about draft prospects. You know, I'll I'll change my mind two or three times before we get to you know April. Um, right now, I'm, my story is, and I'm going to stick to it, is, is <laughs> that they will they will take uh, the best wide receiver on the board unless there's another position that they like better, which is. Okay. Maybe, maybe um, I've mentioned the name Tyler Linderbaum. Um, okay. The last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, I think. Um, yeah. You know, if if there's somebody that they're they're really in love with, an edge that they're really in love with, uh, uh-huh. that's still there on the board, they they may go that route in the first round and and okay. wait till the second round to yeah. you know to take somebody like David Bell. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, he plays at Purdue. Right, Purdue. Yeah, so, so yeah, he got like great size. Big, he's got a nice size too. Yeah, he's big yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah, size quick, separates well, um, really catches everything. Um, I, I like him in the second round, if that's the way the draft falls. Um, and then there's a bunch of guys, like you said, down you know in the later rounds that I think have that same mix of of size and speed. Um, Jalen Tolbert's an interesting one out of South Alabama. Okay, um, so. You know, yeah, I can see a scenario where they take a, a receiver in one of those first two rounds and then double up in a later round on a more of a developmental guy. But I uh-huh. still want—I still want a um, mid-tier free agent, a la Rashard Higgins. Yeah, but I would like to see somebody with a little more upside. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jeff, let me ask you this: You're if the Browns do go wide receiver at thirteen, give me your give me your board, your your uh, receivers one, two, and three, mm. right now, right now. We're not going to hold um, you to it for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, this this is hard because they've they've kind of been all over the place. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen Drake London from the top of the first round to the bottom of the first round. Yeah, uh, because he's injured. Um, yes, he broke his so, ankle. Is that right? He broke his ankle back yeah, in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty serious ankle injury, I think, midway through the season. Um, so so right now, I think that the the two guys from Ohio State and Drake London have to be your top three because yeah. Jamison Williams had the injury. Um, and, and Traylon Burks is, is in that range, but I think he drops down lower on most draft boards because he's just not a speed guy. He's a, he's a big, strong kid who catches everything and is going to win at the point of attack, but, um, he's just not fast by NFL standards. Yeah. Um, huh. and then you start getting into a, a second tier of guys that are going to be, you know, somewhere in the, you know, late twenties to late forties, you know, okay. uh, pick wise that um, could go in pretty much in any order. And if, if David Bell makes it to, to our pick at 45, yeah. um, I think that's a marriage made in heaven. Um, yeah. Again, just depending on who we take in the first round. And, and I could even see a scenario where, you know, maybe, <clears throat> maybe they took a flyer on Drake London up high um, and then came back and took a David Bell in the second round. Yeah. Um, that would oh, wow. be pretty incredible. Yeah. That would be crazy for the Browns franchise to do that. But the need is there. And this draft is so solid. It's solid receiver. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of a silly question, but because you don't know, but where do you think Jamison Williams goes in this draft coming mm. off the injury? Wow. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere. Know. You think he still goes in the first round? Oh, I think he still goes in the first round. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, knee injuries just aren't career-ending like they were 15, 20 years ago. Guys come back. You know, and, yeah. and someone's going to get a real, real solid value for Jameson Williams probably, you know, toward the bottom third of the first round. If he lasts that long, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, what if he was really still- wants, uh, you know, what if the Browns had an opportunity to move up and to grab him at the end of the first round? Would that be take him and Drake London? Oh my God! No. <laughs> well, there's 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 boatloads of, of, of trade scenarios up and down. Um, I yeah. I actually prefer the trade down scenario. Yeah. Um, okay. Because because I like all the players that are in the you know the late first round and second and high third round, and we've already got that extra third and fourth round pick now. Um, so we've got so much yeah. capital to be, able, to be able to move around to pick guys where we want them um, that I would not be surprised at all to see, you know, us move down in this draft for an additional pick somewhere and then maybe move it back up like we did for JOK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch with, with all the different that guys was that out there. Were you, yeah. Jeff, you guys get a chance. To, I got the chance to go there on that day, too, when uh, Joku got drafted up in cleveland that was fantastic moment to, um, i was shocked yeah i, was I got it was, oh, yeah. we actually got to move into the the center um we were outside of the the main uh tent or whatever and um we were able to make our way into the tent area right before they made that announcement and it was really cool so <laughs> yeah no all no i can one, say is is if the browns first two picks in this coming draft or anything like Newsom and JOK, 
Oh I'll yeah. Be thrilled. I'll be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they need to be on offense. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just guys of that caliber though. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Right. That will transform our offense. Absolutely. No matter who the quarterback is. Absolutely. Mm. Well, guys, we didn't make it through, through our entire list, but, um, we covered a lot of ground tonight. So, uh, so it's been great talking. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up and, John, you're the guest. Um, anything you'd like to say in closing? Any words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? Um, I usually show end my show by saying, keep smiling. So make sure that everyone have a great rest of your uh, week or start of your weekend. And uh, uh, follow me on the, if you get a chance, if anybody wants to listen to my own podcast, uh, it's the Johnny Cleveland podcast. I'm on what Spotify and Anchor and uh, Apple. So, uh, and I think I have a YouTube channel too. So, <laughs> but, it's hard uh, to keep track of everything. Yeah, well, you know, no, I really have been enjoying the writing. Hope to everybody that's out there, if you listen to the show today, uh, thank you for listening and uh, uh, follow uh, if any of the things I'm writing for on Dog Pond Daily or King James Gospel, Cleveland Sports Talk. It'd be uh, I'd love to get uh, comments too from all the people that read the stuff and get their get their feedback as well. And um, Rod, it's been great to thank you for inviting me to the show. It's um, your your insight and things too. You've uh, commented a few times on some of my stuff too as well prior to the show. So thank you and uh, Absolutely. Jeff, you're, you're 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 a wealth of knowledge. I always I like your uh, <laughs> P, the the PFF. Um, you kind of bring it all down to to the reality of it. So that's 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 fantastic. So love to be on your show again. I'll try thank, to be objective. Thanks again so much. Uh, how have to have you guys come over to the Johnny Cleveland podcast one one night? So that we'll have to do good. a show 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 that way too. Sounds good, uh, Jeff. Any words in closing? Well, let me just wrap up the whole PFF conversation with this. Um, we didn't get to offensive line. Um, we obviously know that that's the strength of this team. Um, offensive line and and running back uh, are two areas where we have a wealth of of riches. Um, we have currently one A player on our on our roster. Uh, that's Joel Batoni, according to PFF. Uh, we have we have four Bs, we have ten Cs, and we have eleven Ds. Mm. Okay, um, and, and out of twenty eight total players who are ranked, the rest fall below that. Okay. Okay. Uh, the problem right now is that. Of our 11 starters on offense, five of them are Ds. Wow. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So plenty of opportunity to upgrade. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have full confidence in Andrew Berry and team to do so. So uh, it's going to be a a fun offseason, guys. Yep. This has been the Browns Blitz. And we will catch you next time.